our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. All right, so um, we're going to jump into the word, and I'm going to invite you guys, if you want to go ahead and stand up in reverence to the word that we're going to read this morning. Um, we're going to open up our Bibles to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If you have your Bible Bible or your e-Bible, however you have it, we're going to be reading from 2 Chronicles 7, 14 this morning. And if you have it, you can say Amen. All right, so 2 Chronicles 7, 14 reads, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, at this time we come up to your presence. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Father God, I thank you for this blessing and this opportunity that you allow us to come to this place, gather in your name, Father God, and just worship you. I pray you, Lord, that you would just use me for your honor and your glory, that this word fall on fertile ground, Father. I declare and decree that every air be open, every heart be open to receive what you have for our hearts, for our lives today, Father, that we would put it into action, that it would not go in void, Father God, but that it would return with fruit. All this we ask and we declare in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all may be seated. So um, I was... Um, okay, so in our youth group, our, our, our sermon time or whatever is called hashtag real talk. And so with the youth, I'm like real plain. They know me. They know my weaknesses. They know what I struggle with because I want them to understand that we're relatable. Like I think a lot of times I also serve as worship leader at my church. And so I feel like a lot of times people see us on this altar and they're just like, yeah, well, it's easy for them to praise God. They've got everything under control. Like God loves them. They're God's favorites. Well, not really. Not that we're not his favorites. But, you know, the enemy attacks us, too. We go through stuff, too. We have weaknesses. We have battles. So, anyways, the the point of that was that I was going to be really straight with you guys. Um, I received this invitation to speak, and it fell upon the week before of, well, the week, the weekend after us coming back from vacation. And so I was like, God... I'm going on vacation. I have this message that I shared last week on Mother's Day events. And so that's a really good message. I'll share that with Primera on Sunday when I'm supposed to speak. And that's how I left it. Uh, You see, I didn't bring a Bible Bible. Like, I was like, God, I've got it. Like, I've got my notes. I've got my word for Primera. And as I was on this cruise, I was mentioning to my cousin this morning, God was just putting on my heart a certain Bible verse. And I was like, mm-hmm. Nope, that's not the Bible verse that I have in the message that I'm going to share. And I was just like, whatever, la, 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 go to the sea, go be in the water. <laughs> but then again, God was just pressing on my heart, Second Chronicles 7.14. And I was like, okay, God, this is the word you have for Primera. And so if you all ever feel like God is not listening to you guys, God is listening to you guys. He has this word directly from him to you guys. And so just open up your ears to really listen to what he has. So back to the Bible, Bible verse, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I feel like a lot of times you read this and it's like, yeah, God's going to hear us, blah, blah, blah. But it, it gives us these prerequisites. And then it says, then I will hear from heaven. So this doesn't mean that God is void to our prayers or that he's not listening, but he's given us, you know, here, the the author of this book, Ezra, is who they believe wrote Chronicles, wrote this book, is giving us the prerequisites into 
getting into that and having that encounter with God, to getting to that next level with God, to see him heal our land, to see him, you know, take us, it says he will forgive us of our sins and heal our land. When to see that here in the land of the living, we've got to live through these three prerequisites, right? And so step by step, these are the, the there's four, if we listen, it says, humble themselves Pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. And so we're just going to break it up a little bit um, in my time this morning. And I, I just pray that y'all listen. Okay, so the first one is to humble themselves. So the word humble means to have or show modest estimate of one's importance. So it's a lower importance in comparison to others. Now, this doesn't mean that God is asking us to be like, a, 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 a what is it, the... A doormat to let everybody walk on us, to let you know everybody else make the decision, and we just like, yeah, whatever you say. No, that's not what God is calling us to do. But what He's calling us to do is to put Him in the first, like in first place of our lives. And so realizing that we are below Him, our knowledge, our understanding, our ability to see forward is nothing in comparison to what he has. And so when God is asking us to humble ourselves, it's to to let go of our pride, let go of our ego, our self-centeredness, and accept that he knows what is best. So the opposite of humble is pride. Pride is like saying my way or the highway, right? Anybody ever heard that before? Okay, well, my mom has a big smile on her face (laughs) because... Um, in the beginning of the year, I did a fast with our church we, as a cohort. We, we begin the year in a fast, and I did it, and I joined in in this fast. And, I, you know, when we fast and pray and seek God's face, there's just an increase, in, an increase in clarity. Anybody ever been there before? When you're in that time with God, it's like you have more clarity. And, and, and so there was a sermon that was being preached in the beginning of the year about pride, right? And I always take notes when the sermon is going on, even if I feel like the title doesn't refer to me. And I'm just like, pride, I don't got to do it. But I can write little notes about that. I'm good. I don't pop my collar and think I'm all that and bag of chips, but I'll write sermon notes anyway, right? And I'm sort of writing these sermon notes and I'm like, wow, these are really good points, really good points. And at the end of all that sermon, he's like, and there's also another kind of pride. And he was like, that pride in which we demand our way, in which we think that we know what's best. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I do suffer from pride. And then so I was like, all right, God, this is something that I've got to deal with in my life. And so, you know, God reveals to us areas in our lives that we have to work on to, so that we may decrease and he may increase, right? And so that's the first one, humble yourselves. So accepting his guidance, accepting that he knows what is best, that his timetable is best, um, I don't know her name. Alexa. Alexis? Alexa. Alexa was sharing, you know, a word from God about that waiting period. And, you know, I'm in a waiting period. I don't know how many other people that word fell on, but I accepted it. You know, sometimes we go through that waiting period and we're like, God, like my five-year plan already mentioned that by this point I'd be married with kids. Um, What's happening? That my timetable, my time clock is ticking. And God's just like, can you not... Focus on the end goal and focus on me right now. Can you not worry about the future? Can you not worry about your timetable and submit to what I want you to do? And so that's the first one. Humble ourselves to accept his guidance, accept his will. And then number two is to pray. So that's self-explanatory. I think we all know to pray is to pray, right? Prayer, yes. 
Everybody know what that is? Okay. Prayer. So prayer can be done. We know it can be done anywhere at any time. We don't necessarily have to be in a church building. We don't have to be in a prayer meeting. It doesn't have to be in, in, in an enclosed place. We can be praying as we're driving down the Houston freeway because it can be very we can be easily irritable when that car passes us or cuts us off or, you know, Houston traffic is another thing. I was telling um, a brother out there earlier that I was mentioning to my parents as, I, as I've gone older, like, I don't see myself in the Rio Grande Valley, but I also don't see myself dealing with Houston traffic. So I don't know. But anyways, you know, it's, it's, it's annoying sometimes on our drives around or at school when that one person that is just pushes all your buttons or at work, but even in the midst of that, we can pray, right? There's a Bible verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing. And then Romans 12.12 tells us to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So faithful in prayer. I want to take that word, faithful, right? And let's speak to all the people that are married and also those that are unmarried. Let's imagine, well, more unmarried, but married is fine too. Uh, imagine that your boy or your girl that matches all the checklists, it comes up to you and proposes marriage and is like, We're gonna, I'm going to make you happy and everything you've ever wanted, I'm going to give to you and I'm going to buy it for you. But once a month... On any given day, I get to be unfaithful to you. No questions asked. Are you going to accept that proposal? No. Uh, no? Okay, wait, one more time. This is like a younger crowd. Guys, are you going to accept that proposal? No. Value yourself. It doesn't matter if he buys you the Land Rover and the beautiful house. Ew, if he's going to be unfaithful to you, that's not a proposal for me. And so this is faithful in prayer. God expects the same degree from us. How can we expect something from somebody and then be like, but God, you understand I'm human. Like I'm being faithful sometimes. No, God expects us to be faithful in our relationship to him and faithful in prayer. And so... Faithful, another word for faithful means constant. This means every day setting apart, I like to call them daily appointments with Jesus. You know, when you have an appointment with the doctor, you're there. You show up on that day. If you know you're not going to make it for some odd reason, you cancel ahead of time and you reschedule, right? But you're setting up these appointments. They're important to you with Jesus. These times that you're setting apart from your schedule for you and Jesus' time. There's a, the story of Esther. Everybody know the story of Esther? Esther was made queen, and um, when she was there, there was a purpose God had for her. And, you know, there was going to be an edict that was going to be passed to kill off all the Jews, and she was a Jew herself. And so her uncle Mordecai comes up to her and is like, look, you need to intercede. Maybe for such a time as this, you've been placed in the palace. And so Esther tells him, okay, tell all the Jews to fast and to pray. For three days. You see, when we're about to face something in our lives, we need to prepare ourselves, prepare our spirit with prayer. And you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what, what the future has a hold for us. And so it's good to be in constant communication with Jesus. That way he, we're, we're able to hear him. Like I had mentioned, when I was fasting in the beginning of the year, I had that clarity. I knew God was speaking to me through that sermon. You know, I had already written it off in the beginning. I was like, no, I don't got a problem with pride. But God was like, no, let me reveal to you, you do have 
have a problem and we need to fix it so we can go to the next level. And so the first thing is humble yourself. And the second thing is pray. And the third thing that Second Chronicles asks us to do is to seek my face. So there are different ways in which we can seek God's face, right? We can do it through prayer. We can do it through fasting. We can do it through worship. And we can also do it through devotionals. Uh, time that we read the word of God or read a Bible, a book that's based off of the Bible that just gives us more insight on a specific topic. Whatever it is, there are different ways that we can seek his face. But a lot of the times, listen to this, a lot of the times, as Christians, we get it twisted. We start to seek his hand instead of his face, right? We start to seek him to get the healing, to get the blessing, to get the husband, to get the wife, to get the child, to get whatever is on our our 10 to 5 year plan and instead of seeking his face. When we seek his face, that means we come to him in total surrender and just seek him, seek his presence, seeking his guidance. You know, it's taken a lot to get to this level. You know, like I mentioned it, and I feel like y'all already know what my waiting period is. I told you hashtag real talk. I'm being clear with you guys. But I'm going to be 26 tomorrow. And really, at this point, I thought like married and kid, at least one, and then another one on the way. Like I had this checklist, and I see it happening for friends, and I see it happening for people at my church. But you know, in the beginning, I was like, God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you, like, what did I do that was so wrong? But I realize God is using this time to, you know, he's preparing me and molding me to be the wife that he's called me to be because I wasn't, I I was not back then and I still feel like I'm closer, but I'm not quite there ready to be a wife, much less a mother. But you know, um, God is molding us and making us in these time periods. And so when we seek his face, like it's not, there's a difference. If I were to come to him and be like, look, God, I'm going to do a 40 day fast. And at the end of my 40 day fast, I expect the ring on my finger. Mm, No, that's seeking his hand, right? Do you all get me? You get where I'm coming from? Seeking his face is something completely different. And so, you know, we need to change that. We need to seek God's face and not his hand. And you know, I have, um, I've been reading a book. It's called God Chasers. It's an old book. It's a really good book. I don't know the the name of the author. Yes. Y'all have read it too. Awesome. (laughs) It's a really good book, but he was mentioning this thing about the prodigal son. So the prodigal son, we know he, he demanded his portion of his inheritance and he left and he spent it the way he wanted to. And at the end, after spending it and losing it all along the road of redemption, he runs back to the father. But there's a quote that I read and I was like, whoa, listen to this. It says, ironically, it was the father's blessings that financed the prodigal son's trip away from the father's face. So when we fast and we pray and we worship and then we get that blessing we've got to be careful not to allow that blessing to take us away from the father's house take us away from those times that we had built of devotion to God so seeking God's face it goes back to Matthew 6 33 which says seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added young people like I don't know what your goals are in life or if you want to be the next millionaire or if you want to be the next I don't know um, just seek 
First, his kingdom. In the midst of your studies, before you decide what major you want, before you decide who you're going to date, that's very important. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then trust that he's got everything else in control. And it also applies to the adults. Whatever it is that we're facing, I feel like as we get older, our, our um, worries or our anxieties become a little bit more adult level, right? There's that hashtag adulting, like, oh, I can't adult today, right? But, you know, as we get older, those worries, those things that, that just bombard our lives, finances, paying that bill, um, not knowing where it's going to come from or if there's job security or not just trust in God God says seek first my kingdom my righteousness I've got it under control so you know that's what God that number three seek my face and the last one number four is a big one and I feel like for no reason Ezra left it for last because I feel like it's one of the hardest to do it may be easy for some of us to just like trust in God become humble it may be easy for us to it add a time of prayer in our lives, it may be easy for some of us to seek his face through fasting, through praying, through worship. But I feel like turning from our wicked ways is a hard one. You know, some of us have become so involved in that sin, and for some people it's an evident sin, you know, like sexual immorality or um, something big that everybody knows, okay, that's a sin. But for some of us it's a little more hidden, like mine, pride or being easily irritable, or holding bitterness, holding unforgiveness, that is all also sin. Those are also wicked ways. And so we must die to ourselves to be able to encounter God. We must die to this flesh and its desires so that he can take us to the next level. Like I had mentioned before, we must decrease so that he can increase in our lives. Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21. If you want to go there with me very quick. Exodus is in the beginning of the Bible. (laughs) Exodus, we're going to be reading chapter 20 and just verses 18 through 21. So here we find the Israelites. They're with Moses going through that that desert. And so uh, that's where we find ourselves. Okay, so it says... When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpets and saw the mountains and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. Verse 20, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you and keep you from sinning. Verse 21, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So imagine that. God was there. He had already come down before, given the Ten Commandments to Moses. But this time, God wasn't just calling Moses up. God was calling the Israelites, come and encounter my presence. Come and see what it is to be in my presence. And, you know, the Israelites were like "Mm -hmm," a little standoffish. And, you know, I feel like what kept the Israelites from that encounter with God was their sin. They were still worshiping false idols. They were still questioning. They were still doubting. They hadn't submitted their lives completely to Christ. And because of that, they missed that encounter with God. How many of us have become so accustomed to having a mediator, to having a person speak to God and then speak to us? I think we're all guilty of it. We have a situation at home, and what's our first instinct? 
Call somebody up. Let's call the pastor. Let's call my youth pastor. Let's call the praise and worship leader. Let's call somebody that's ahead of the church. That way they can pray for us. Like as if that person's prayer is like more closer to God than yours is. I imagine like people think the pastor is up here. Like, okay, no, God's up here. And then the pastor's right here. And so he doesn't have to talk so loud for God to hear him. No, all of us are able to reach out to God, to, to ask for God to intercede on our behalf. And so we, we, I feel like what keeps us from ac- accepting that role as sons and daughters of Christ is sin. That sin cripples you. That sin allows you to hear that that voice inside your head that says, really, you're going to pray? Do you not remember what you just did a few minutes ago? Really, you're going to church? Do you remember what you did last night or what you did five minutes before walking that door, that thought that you just had? Yeah, you, you're going to pray? Um, yeah, I'm going to pray because God listens to me and because I've asked God to forgive me of my sins and he says that no, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much and so I'm claiming it as my own. You know, we've got to have that boldness to turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. And so I encourage you guys, we've got to turn from it. Not, uh, not, you know, the Israelites had Moses as their mediator. They said, okay, you speak to us. Um, don't let God speak to us because then we'll die. And that's how we've become. We're like, you know, pastor will speak to us on Sunday and give us a word. Or, you know, some prophetic word will come from this prophet and we'll receive it and amen. No, we have that ability. We have, if we would just seek God at that level, he can take us deeper still. I have a story um, with that, and I'll be closing. I have a friend that's from Belgium, and I just met her earlier this year. She was talking to me about how God speaks to her through visions. And, you know, just the clarity and the relationship we had, she has with God, I was like, girl, where do you, what? And I was, you know, I sat there, and I was not envious, because you're not supposed to envy, but spiritually envious. Is that okay? <laughs> but I envied, you know, her relationship with God, her closeness with God, the way God would speak to her. And I sat back and, you know, we, we talked and blah, blah, and I was, I was driving home. I was like, God, why? Like, what does she have that I don't have? And you know what God made me realize? You know, in Belgium, every street corner isn't full of a church. In Belgium, they don't have access to the, the podcasts and to the, the YouTube channels that we do. In Belgium, she has to take time out of her schedule to seek God. She can't rely on the mediator of a pastor, on the mediator of a, of a worship leader. On the medi- She is her own direct connection to God. And so we've got to get to that level, guys. Stop with, with uh, trusting, or not trusting, but but putting all your trust on the pastor, putting all the weight on the, 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 the praise and worship team, putting all the weight on that spiritual leader in your household, you become that spiritual leader. You develop that relationship with God. You turn from your wicked ways and see that God will heal your land and forgive you of your sins. I think it's enough. We've got to be sick and tired or fed up already with going through the motions. Enough with seeing the enemy be victorious in our families, in our marriages, in our children, in our health. Enough with all of this. We have the instruction. The instruction has been given. given. Our arsenal is full. But it's up to us to take up the weapon and fight.
And so, church, I'm going to ask you all to go ahead and stand up. And we're just going to enter into a time of prayer and of worship as we just sing the, one, more, one last song of worship. But as I sing this song, I requested, um, it's called Build My Life. And I don't know if you all have ever heard that song. I remember when I first heard it, I felt like it was boring. But then I listened to the words. And this song says, he is worthy of every song we could ever sing. And then it says, I will build my life upon your love because that is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, not in money, not in the pastor, not in a church building, not in my home, not in my husband or my wife or my children. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. If you are on shaken ground this morning, God is calling you to build your life on Him. God is calling you to humble yourself, to pray, to seek His face at another level, and to turn from all wickedness. God is calling you today. God is calling you this morning, calling you out of that comfort zone, calling you out of the, that, that bitterness that you've been holding on to, that unforgiveness. Let it go. Trust in God. Put it in His hands and build your life upon Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.